Welcome to this special edition of the Infosys Knowledge Institute and Brilliant Basics podcast, where we're going to talk about digital disruption and future work. My name is Anand Verma, and today I'm happy to be joined by Sebastian Weston-Lewis, who is a member of my leadership team at Brilliant Basics. The topic today is future work and computational design. I'm delighted to welcome Sebastian to talk about this topic and himself. Sebastian, over to you. Thank you, Anand. Great to be here. I'm Sebastian Weston-Lewis. I'm a senior member of the leadership team at Brilliant Basics and Future of Work Practice Lead. I'm a designer, a strategist, with a broad experience across a wide variety of industry verticals. So if you look at the, um, you know, the workplace and employees, um, throughout the history of business, employees had to adapt to managers and managers had to adapt to organizations. In the future, our belief is that this will be reversed with managers and organization adapting to employees because employees are powered by technology, social media, and also the new generation of employees are coming in where it's almost like living in a Amazon Prime world where you've got too many choices, too many access to tools, technologies, products, and services. So organizations have to change themselves to adapt to the new generation of employees they want to target and bring them on board in the organization. The workforce has also evolved and employees expect experiences similar to what they have become accustomed to outside the workplace. So I'll start with that. Do you have any points of view about how the table has completely turned where boss is not controlling the employees, actually employees are controlling the leaders of the organization. Absolutely agree with you, Anand, on that analysis. Uh, the key thing is that, you know, in experience, the work we've been doing, we've been focusing a lot of our efforts the last decade around consumer-facing applications. We've done great progress on that front. We really have uh, achieved you know, a level of simplicity, a level of customer focus on our products, which is phenomenal. However, in the employee space, that's not necessarily the case. Now, that gulf between those two, that delta between what an individual consumer, as you correctly said, a consumer is an employee in some organization and an employee is a consumer. When uh, they're out of an organization and often even within, think about how many folks we have here listening to Spotify when we're actually working. That gulf between these two parts has become so big that it's becoming a source of competitive disadvantage for organizations that don't actually address that. Secondly, we have this challenge in the industry in general around fight for talent. Uh, STEM kind of talent is uh, very, you know, scarce, you know, despite we're in a big globalized economy. And so we believe that, you know, there is a infinite pool of these resources. They're not necessarily in the right place. They're not necessarily accessible uh, to the right organizations. This has created the market pressure for this talent. Experience is one of those frontiers of where we can actually attract talent inside of organizations and uh, effectively uh, minimize that gap, which it currently is. So delivering a great experience in the context of employees is one of those things that can actually help us um, bridge that gap between these two aspects uh, of experience. I think uh, in the next few years, there'll be blurred. There won't be a difference. It will just be experience, uh, which brings me to something else. We used to refer to the consumer, the user, the employee. I think we'll have to go to a place where you know, it's just the user, the consumer. It'll just be one word, regardless of what product they actually use. That's really fascinating, Seb. Uh, recently, we did a lot of work with a very large oil and gas company. In looking at the experience part for employee, we connected three different pillars together to define the experience for employees. The first pillar was the digital experience for employees. So this is about integrating our digital landscape across every aspect of their 
job in the office and outside the office. The second part was the physical work experience. So this is where the people and ideas collide in terms of the way you design the workspaces and in terms of not, um, you know, relying on cubicles and corner offices. It's about open architecture while giving them the time to focus on the job at hand as well. And the third one, which is becoming really relevant right now, is the emotional work experience, right? Where the people feel included, supported uh, and empowered in the diverse range of needs they have. How do you see these three things working together from your perspective when you're looking at experience uh, across these three pillars? I think a lot of the challenges that we had so far have been technological, have been implementing implementing these uh, uh, solutions around there. There's not a lack of creativity and fantasy, you know, and actual uh, ideas uh, with designers. The progress which we are obtaining in technology, uh, the appetite which is actually growing uh, for these kind of experiences, again, is blurring those lines between those three and enables us to actually shape new products, new solutions, new ideas effectively, which we can bring into the workplace and blur these parts. There are three critical aspects, absolutely. Uh, even digital, thinking of it just as a metaphysical concept in a, in a place which doesn't exist as wrong. An application is always consumed on a phone. That person might be on a bus and they have feelings. So that's the whole thing around it. We always have to think about the context in which a product is actually or service is actually consumed. And that's where I see these three things merging more and more. It's important for us, for designers, as important as an industry, to actually understand these three dynamics, get more comfortable with the technologies and really work hard to, to shape solutions. Well, that, that's interesting. And, and, you know, one of the things that interests me is what has changed in last, let's say, a few years, why people are talking about this topic now than they were before. Before they were trying to solve a process problem, they were not trying to solve a employee experience problem or a consumerization of employees problem. Uh, there is a scarcity of talent out there. There's not enough lateral hires to fill the gaps the organizations have. Uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, plus a brand like uh, let's say Shell or BP, are also tapping in the same talent pool as the others are. Um, so this topic has become truly relevant, not just for the CHRO of the organization, but also for the CEO. So as we talked about digital, physical, emotional, these three categories, not all of them sit under CHRO. That sits under you know number of different functional owners within the organization. In your experience, because you've been working with Infosys in defining the employee experience for Infosys employees, how do you see this challenge being managed with emphasis stakeholders? Yes, the, the historical split, which you actually have, which you mentioned, is because the organizations in the past were structured in a certain way. And definitely that uh, reflects in the way, you know, budgets are allocated, decisions are made, and where focus areas are on those parts. In emphasis, we recognize this is not uh, conducive to designing an employee experience of the future. And the key thing that has actually happened there is that because it's done at C-level, at, at chairman level. If I can interject, um, just to kind of pick that up, so it could easily be in the CHRO level in the organization and in someone like Infosys. However, the chairman has owned this as a, an area of focus for the company to transform the company. Just to open that up for conversation, chairman has a number of other priorities in the company, but this is one of the major priorities for the organization. Just elaborate a little bit why the chairman will be interested in owning and driving this. I think the the key thing around it is a long-term vision for the organization. An organization is based on people, on talent. 
Infosys is an, especially Infosys, which is an enormous organization, constantly growing. A lot of people are coming in, a lot of people are moving on in their careers from Infosys, like all major organizations. And that part there actually makes it really important. How do you become you know, a workplace where people want to start their career into it, will grow their talent and will stay into emphasis in any shape or form that he'll take in their career and move on into it. The chairman really sees employee experience, the growth of employees, the individual talent, the aspirations that these guys have, unlocking that potential into people will, is a driver of true value for the people and is a true driver of value for the actual organization themselves. So there's this dichotomy of like invest into people, investing into experience uh, as a cost effectively for the organization rather than looking for profit. This dichotomy is no longer there. We have created this thing which we call a chain of value between a great employee experience and effectively a successful organization, adding value to customers, adding value to the people which work in here, adding value to shareholders and I think. So it's a win-win scenario. That is a really important point to kind of um, elaborate here because I feel that with better employee experience, there is a clear, better customer experience at the end. So let's take an example of an airline, right? If you employees are really happy, they will in turn give the better customer service to travelers. And that creates a higher propensity of profitability and better margin and long-term loyalty with the brand as well. Do you, do you agree with that? Absolutely, 100%. I always take an example around Apple. I know it's going to be an engineering example. It gives us an idea. Uh, Steve Jobs uh, gets often mentioned, but I think one of these things here doesn't get overly mentioned. When designing a laptop, when designing an iPod, when designing you know, the iPhone and all these products he's been you know, at the heart of and at the creation of it, they were focusing on several things. The product, which the actual consumers will actually use, the inside of it, the actual engineering is as beautiful inside as it is outside. And third, the machines that make the actual product. When all these three things are done in synchronous and are done really well, then you obtain that winning product, that winning formula. We don't see it. It's not something that you actually feel when you actually have a phone in your hands and you've got an iPhone. However, that whole chain effectively of how it's brought it in is something which makes it successful. That for me is one of those sources of inspiration and what we can do in organizations too. Can, can we design something which is as beautiful outside as it is inside? So just to kind of summarize that section, you know, there is a paradigm shift happening where the organizations are <clears throat> transforming from hierarchical to flat, becoming more collaborative, more design-led, more entrepreneurial, more diverse, sustainable. It's me to we. It's about transparency, instant kind of, you know, changes in the way they look at employee experience is global, it's millennial focus. There's so many good words we can use that showing that transformation. Uh, so there's clearly a need for it. There's a clearly it's a talent driver. Now let's talk about the next part of the topic. What are some of the uh, misconceptions about this particular topic that is employee experience or future work? And also, why do organizations get it wrong? The key thing where we get it wrong, it goes back down to how organizations are structured. Unfortunately, you know, the way we, we silo our operations, the way we define our roles, the way we actually uh, effectively assert our territories within an organization uh, is not cross-functional. It's not across domains. Think how many duplications there are in a large organization several IT departments, several uh, geographies around that, different CIOs, different uh, chief uh, you know, human resources kind of things. And all of that put together actually then is reflected in the way the work is actually done. 
That is why you tend to have a dispersed kind of experience. The other thing is around technology. So often organizations have seen this as a technology vendor kind of thing. So they've gone to a specific vendor, got a technology, implemented it, and it kind of does the things out of a box. This whole idea of like buy, not build, uh, and not configure and do anything about it actually brings us to a very dispersed kind of experience for consumers. Uh, They have a very disjointed kind of experience is all over the place. Uh, In large conglomerates where you have effectively multiple companies operating under an umbrella this is actually accentuated and then you said you've got a double role in emphasis and in brilliant basics you will notice that you've got different systems different ways of working different cultures different escalation modes etc etc and that is where you actually see this dispersed thing so to actually succeed and win in this, we have to take a comprehensive view at employee experience. I really drive it as a visionary agenda across departments, across the organization, and we can succeed. I agree, Seb. And, you know, just to kind of add my experience and my two cents worth on this topic, a lot of people are not even framing the questions from an employee perspective. What matters to an employee? The access to as simple as policies, maternity policy is a great example. In one organization, to get a maternity policy documentation, it takes weeks, depending on which country you're in, which jurisdiction you're in. And that frustrates employees in terms of that's a critical part of their life goal um, or life journey. And you're not able to get what you're looking for. However, with digital technologies, you can simplify the whole process in an instant and connect that employees to the brand and the purpose of the brand. So I completely agree. You know, the other thing that is quite interesting from my perspective is it always starts with here is a technology or tool that solves the problem rather than, you know, what is the design thinking led approach of what is employee needs, right? What are the problems we're really trying to solve here? And then choosing the technology to solve that problem rather than other way around. What's your view on that? You must have seen a few of these, both on the consumer side, but also on the employee side. Absolutely. It, unfortunately, we, we this is, I think, the majority of the case. This is what actually happens. Uh, often organizations are tied into these long contracts. Uh, there is a limited appetite to actually renegotiate these, reinvest. Or even being agile. Or being agile in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen agile really succeed in other areas of the actual business, especially on the delivery of things. We don't see it across these old parts. So our role effectively in the design industry is to support businesses, support organizations, understand this need, highlight these problems, bring them to the sea level and show the value which actually, you know, taking these initiatives can actually bring to their organizations. I think we have a responsibility to do that. We can help organizations do that and doing it will unlock that value. Uh, for uh, consumers, for shareholders, for the actual business, for the people inside the company. So it's a win-win scenario for me. Once again, you're listening to Brilliant Basics and the Infosys Knowledge Institute podcast where we're talking about future work and computational design. And I'm delighted to have Sebastian to talk about this topic today. Seb, the other thing that I really want to talk about is, and I've been reading a lot and even what Infosys with the live enterprise concept is thinking and doing a lot of good work turning an organization to a people-driven organization, a la sentient organization. And to do so, you can't apply the old tools to new tricks. So you've been thinking a lot with the emphasis team of this concept called computational design. So I just wanted to open the floor about you introducing on computational design topic and then bringing it to life with some examples. Three things I want to touch before I get into uh, computation. So what are the three drivers that actually brought us to this? 
the first one we I think we've touched today is this uh, evolving landscape for the workforce. The workforce are a lot more diverse. They're a lot more geographically spread. The footprint of organization is diverse to what it used to be. And this brings challenges with itself. So the first one is around the employee itself. The second one is around the pace of innovation, which is changing the landscape itself. This continuous uh, change and uh, innovation and bringing of new ideas really is shifting the dial in terms of experience. Organizations, you know, have to actually be able to follow that, have to be able to actually adapt to this world here. And the third one is around what I call a need for measure to, for measurement, a need for actual data-driven decision-making. And it's uh, quite an interesting one because until experience was something, you know, that we were doing for the marketing or, you know, for slightly smaller consumer-facing kind of things, that decision-making wasn't really uh, necessary, you know, around measurements. So you could have actually taken a punt. You could have actually done some experiments and see how things work. We've experienced at the heart of things. Now, the risk for businesses to get it wrong is absolutely massive. For those reasons there, we have to think about our design about three things. The first one is to design adaptable, adaptable at scale. The second one is to design inclusive, to make sure that, you know, the entire workforce is part of the organization and we can unlock that success. And finally, we need to design measurable. Uh, we need to design things that, you know, one of the first exercises we actually do is to define what success looks like. How do you actually define it and codify it and then evaluate design solutions? So these were the three principles that we are looking at in the context of the sentient uh, experience, which we're trying to create as part of a live enterprise initiative that we're doing with, with Emphasis uh, as a group. Nothing like this has been done outside what we're doing at Emphasis before. So this is something really new. We are testing the work ourselves first with our 225,000 plus employee base. And then we're going to actually open this up for consumption with our clients and customers. Absolutely. That's the right thing. And we looked outside at industries like architecture, manufacturing, different industries and how they've solved these similar challenges. And we realized that these guys were using computation a lot better than we are in the actual experience side. So lateral thinking, a bit of a, a process on that front and what we actually have done. We've developed this uh, idea of applying the concepts of computational design towards experience. Now, where is the difference between the two parts? In a process like manufacturing architecture, this is a one-off process. You tend to actually apply computation, experiment, see things, but then... Then, you, you, then you're stuck with that design, right? Correct. Okay. So there's a waterfall aspect around that, which is, you know, is a finite product. With digital, the landscape is constantly moving. So we need something which is alive. And this is the concept of a live enterprise. We need something that can actually respond to these market changes, people changes, to these competitive new products and innovations that are coming in. For this reason here, computational design has to be completely alive and sentient, responsive to the actual changes out. So what is computational design effectively? What we really want to be able to do is to serve a tailored experience for every single user out there. Imagine, you know, a product, imagine, you know, a login system, imagine an approval system, imagine uh, you saw, uh, spoke about maternity. How do we make it contextual uh, for someone who's actually looking at that part there? Based on the information that we have about an employee and in organizations, that is an infinite amount of data points. We can actually use that to shape an experience which is a lot more tailored for the actual user and is a lot more uh, effectively congruous to who they are. But that reinforces that connection between the organization and the actual employee, consumer, user, however we want to call the Just for the listeners, you're saying that employee uh, data in, in organizations is infinite, millions of points of data points throughout the employee journey. You're creating a newer schema that allows you to collect data that organization might not be collecting, but makes the organization more sentient. And let's call that employee genome for, for one second. The better experiences we create 
for the employees through computational design mindset, we are able to give more predictive outputs to the employees that allows them to make their lives simply better within the organization. So we'll talk more about computational design in our future series as well, Seb, in more detail. But this kind of introduces the computational design as a topic. What are some of the clients you're talking to saying about employee experience? From my perspective, they're looking for a business case thinking all the time. If I quote uh, certain points from Forrester and also one of my favorite authors in, in this space, Jacob Morgan, he talks a lot about with a proper employee experience focus, organizations do generate far more profit, far more revenue, and also their turnover and attrition goes down dramatically. So there's certainly a, a bit of empirical evidence that with the better employee experience, there is a better uh, revenue and margin value, which means that is part of the CEO's agenda. What, what are you thinking about when it comes, clients come to you and say, hey, I would love to do this, but I need to prove to the finance team that this is the right thing to do. Have you thought about, you know, better employee experience leading to better outcomes for organization? And how do you think about that from your perspective? When I think about uh, the way we actually will be designing the employee experience of the future, this future of work vision, what we're talking about, we need to think about what we define as value. The traditional business case where you say, here it is, here's a 5%, a 10% actual uh, value creation, unlocking, you know, efficiencies, unlocking additional revenue, et cetera, et cetera. That's the in- very interesting, but how is that 5 or 10% actually really made? When we adopt things like computational design, I think that we're not, we don't have a silver bullet that solves all of that at once. It's more of a progressive cumulative effect of the value unlocked bit by bit at every single stage of the experience. So that compounding effect of the value across the entire value chain, that then adds up to these serious numbers that we're looking into and can actually really push the needle around that part. Now that, those numbers the 5%, the 10%, the 20% in every direction that we can look into it. That is something that now resonates at sea level a lot more uh, easily than less you know, uh, tangible kind of things like a better experience or happier employees, which is critical, but somehow does not resonate final uh, decision makings of sea levels. So we think about it in a cumulative effect in it with a compounding effect, and it's progressively unlocking across the entire end-to-end value chain. Uh, those numbers and that value. We're at the end of our conversation. Anything else that you want to add for our listeners? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting space. I think the we're designing effectively what is our future vision for uh, future of work. The interesting thing is that we're designing it once again for us. We are all employees of organizations and we can actually initiate a movement change effectively in uh, the workspace, which is similar to what we have done as an industry in the consumer space. I think that will make a better world, will make a better place where to live and will unlock a tremendous value in people, uh, make people a lot more successful in what we're doing and actually drive value for organizations. To wrap up the conversation, Sebastian, how can people find you and the more information about the practice? Uh, we are on LinkedIn, uh, easiest place where to find us. You can find us on brilliantbasics.com. And if you need to email me personally, sweston.lewis at brilliantbasics.com. Very happy to entertain a conversation on the topic and actually take that forward to wherever it takes us. So just to summarize our conversation today with Sebastian Weston-Lewis, we talked about employee experience. We talked about digital, physical, emotional 
pillars of making employee experience really better for employees. We talked about the business case angle as well in terms of creating value from better employee experience that leads to better margin and revenue. Uh, We talked about how the world is changing both from the workforce but also from a technology perspective, the role of live enterprise and computational design in brief, which we'll talk more about in the next session. And it's a very exciting and evolving space. I'm truly excited to be part of this space as well. Thank you, Seb, for joining me on this first session on future work. There are many more to come. You can find more details on our show notes at emphasis.com slash IKI in our podcast section. Sebastian, thank you for your time and a fantastic discussion. Thank you, Anand. Great pleasure to be here. Everyone, you're listening to the Brilliant Basics edition of the Emphasis Knowledge Institute podcast, where we talk, just talked about the future of work and computational design. Thanks to our producer, Yulia Debari and the entire Knowledge Institute and Brilliant Basics team. And until next time, keep learning, keep sharing.